Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our new episode, where we are going to talk about the one, the only, Moon Knight Season 1, or only season. It is I, Joel, joined by Brian. Brian, greet everyone now. Hello there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, want, I wanted to, <laughs> to be the antithesis for Steven. I do not British well. Hello, hello. Yeah, so you heard it. We're going to talk about Moon Knight and all its little tinkerings, or so we think. I want to flow with it, but you know what? Let's see where the road takes us. If it gets a little out of control, I think that would go just well with how the show is. Yeah, but just, you know, major spoiler warnings ahead. Just so you know, we're going to dive deep, and if you haven't seen it yet, Turn off this now. Go watch something else. Go watch the... Oh, why am I saying watch? Well, I guess we can watch it on YouTube, right? Uh, Go listen to the Lost Morbius episode. (gasps) Anyway. Okay. All right. We're getting into it. All right. Brian, I wanted to ask you before we started. Mm -hmm. Okay. What were your initial thoughts of this show before you saw it? What did you think the show was going to deliver? To be honest, I actually didn't really know what to expect. I'm not... Like before the show coming out, I I wasn't that much in the know about Moon Knight, so I it's like I understood the kind of basic premise of what Moon Knight was as a character, but as far as like you know anything involving like his story or like his series, I I didn't know what to expect, so I kind of went in blind for the most part, which. I think for for this show, it's not bad. I think this show did a good job of, you know, inviting you into this world of Mark slash Steven and Moon Knight and kind of get you well acquainted with what the situation is. All right. I think that's pretty good. Did it, do you think it met your expectations, blew them away, or were you just like happily satisfied? Oh, I thought, I thought it was great. I... If you had to compare it, I, I wouldn't say it was like on the levels of like a Guardians kind of thing where like nobody knew who the Guardians were and like they came out being like, oh, this is fantastic. But I found myself after every episode wanting to see what happens next. And I think part, part of it is just the the story building of the show and also just like fucking Oscar Isaac is a phenomenal actor. Like he, hell yeah. He was able to play against himself in two totally different styles. And then at the same time, playing two different characters with the same body. It's like, he, he did a great job. And then everybody else in the cast was great too. But I understand why Disney will sign off like a six episode or something series. I kind of wish they would start doing a little bit longer form series. Like, like I would love for Moon Knight to have maybe 10 episodes at least, you know, I like, cause each episode I think was roughly like 40, like 
or 54 minutes long, About, give or yeah, take. 40 to 50 minutes counting credits. So that's not terrible, but I kind of wish that we were able to get maybe just a little bit more. But at the same time, I guess that just shows like how, how good of a show I thought it was just because I wanted more. So hopefully, hopefully, um, if season two ever comes around, um, I saw the director say, hoping that um, maybe it would like transfer into like a movie, maybe. So I'm hoping we see Moon Knight eventually. I can agree with that. How about you, Joel? How, what were your uh, first opinions? Um, I had a little bit of, I've mentioned this before, but I had a little bit of prior knowledge with Moon Knight. I have a couple of his volumes. Um, he's in a couple Avenger runs I have. He shows up. He's in a secret Avengers run, and um, he's an interesting character. Uh, when people ask me about it just a little before the show, I'm like, uh, just to make things kind of simple, I'd say he's kind of like Batman with extra steps. Just to kind of simplify it, because in a sense, there are some similarities. And um, as far as what I was expecting for the show, um, I was like, you know, I hope they throw some twists at us and really make sure that we don't know if what even he knows is real, which they did successfully I believe like, oh shit, he doesn't even know we're real. We don't even know if this is real. We're all confused. And I was like loving it. I was like, this is fucking great. My family's like, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> I'll explain it to you. Cause they always ask me that. Like, can you explain this? And I'm like, okay, here we go. But yeah, uh, as far as what I was looking for, it was great. I was really drawn in with the first episode. And of course, Oscar Isaac, as you said, great supporting cast and some amazing. And, um, what I really wanted them to do well was Konshu, and that was oh. dope. I, I, oh, chef's kiss, chef's kiss from the moon, man. I mean, I can't, it, I, they did it perfectly, and he's not good either. I mean, you know, he wants to do the right thing as far as we know, but he's, he's still kind of a god, and gods are assholes, so <laughs> I think they it's, captured that real well. It's so. kind of like a, a flawed sense of justice. Exactly. That's exactly how I'd put it. But like, like you, like you said, like I feel like they did the Egyptian god stuff really well, just because it they gave us the taste of like what it is to be like an altar of a, of an Egyptian god, or and like how there's this like communal going on where they kind of judge other Egyptian gods and like they seal them away. It's like oh, I want to know more. I, it's like I want to know what's going on here. You know, like. Like I know, like at the end of the <laughs> the season, we kind of uh, some altars kind of get wiped out. But like I wanna, I wanna know like what led them to this point. I like I'm hoping that maybe in the future we can kind of see more about this whole like god altar kind of symbiosis that's going on. Yeah, it's it was really cool and. To your point, it just it was interesting, like, oh, how do we get here? Who are these other sealed gods? Why are they fighting? Like, I want to know the god drama, too. I'm here for the humans fighting, but also, um, you know, we get a fucking kaiju fight later, which is fucking amazing, <laughs> by the way. I mean, you're it's us, too. I mean, we thought it was great. But just, I'm going to backpedal a little. So, first episode uh, was, you know, really intriguing in that they drop us in... The world of Steven, this person who's like a muse museum curator, or so we thought, and he, you know, he's like a gift shop uh, cashier, sort of. He operates at a museum that with some Egyptian themes, and it's like, oh, cool, you know, we're just watching this guy do his mild manner life, but there's like little extra steps along the way. They're kind of odd, like how he talks to people, interactions with uh, his coworkers, 
you know, he's tied to a bed. And we're like, what the fuck? Okay, what? This is strange. And for me, I was like, what's the twist? But, you know, you're watching. You want to see what happens. And um, eventually, you know, he goes to sleep. And he wakes up in Austria. And there's, like, a cult meeting, right? Which, it with they do this thing where he, like, goes in and out of another character named Mark, who we'll get to. But it's they both, like, kind of take over the steering wheel of the body and they end up in places and accomplish things, which is like a good fast forward. And it also jumps us to like a new, like I want to say like plot point and problem, which is in some ways like, Oh, you're cutting out what happened. But also it's like, Oh shit, we're here. We got to run with this. And I thought that was an interesting take on how to uh, show like Steven's not in control here or so he, you know, he thinks he has things down, but he doesn't, which I thought was really cool to show how they did that. Yeah, for sure. Like, even just to go back to the beginning of the ep- the episode, we have this, like, really dark room, and you see this guy, like, breaking glass, and soon you figure out it's uh, Ethan Hawke's character, um, a Harrow, and he's just, like, breaking glass, and he, like, puts it in his shoes, and he starts, like, he puts them on and starts walking away. It's like, what the fuck's going on here? You know, what's, like, what's this all about? Right? I was like, what the fuck is this? And then... <laughs> And then for the character of Mark, Mark and Steven, like you said, like it starts out with Steven kind of like doing his normal thing. And then every once in a while, you he has those blackouts and then he wait and he comes back and like shit's like going awry. Either like, you know, he just there's a bunch of people knocked out around him or like he's in like a, a car chase or something like that. But I think they did a very interesting job with the character, especially cause like the whole thing of moon Knight is that he has DID, um, uh, dissociative identity disorder and seeing that being played out in like a, a TV show aspect is kind of interesting. And I know there's, uh, like for most people kind of understand what that disorder is, but I kind of like to just do like my own research. I kind of like was trying to look into people who had DID and see if they had like comments about the show. And for the, the few people that I've seen said that um, they thought that uh, Disney did an, an actual pretty decent job of actually showing like what kind of like DID is kind of like, like there's going to be a little bit of like mixture of Hollywood with like looking into like glass and like look, seeing the other identity in the glass that doesn't like happen but kind of like having multiple identities kind of inhabiting one body and kind of like how do you interact with each identity within your mind is is kind of interesting that they're they took that much effort to kind of make sure like okay we want to make sure that we don't discredit you know people that have did and i thought um they did it really well i know we're only talking about the first episode so far but like we we see throughout the entire season how at least how closer that like Steven and and Mark get where at first it was just like blackouts so you kind of miss what's happening but then like you you slowly get to like have them discover each other and then you know have them work together and at near the at the end of the series like they're just like simultaneously working together you know, like an in, like instantly like changing back and forth, and it's like, oh, that's fucking sick. Yeah, it's it's a nice harmony. And to your point, 
I just remember Kevin Feige saying, we took a lot of care to how to explore this. And I think they did a really good job too. And I'm glad you did the research that they actually asked people with DID. That That's awesome that they felt represented and seen as well. Just to backtrack a little though, with the, uh, you know, I know someone would, we know would bring it up, but the car chase, I will say, was a little rough CGI wise. I don't know what's up with, <laughs> with Disney and CGI cars. They like, I mean, they cut the budget there, I guess. I know why, because I'm going to talk about it in like three seconds. Because the end of the episode, we see Steven, he's going to fight like an a evil, a, you know, visible spirit jackal. And he's like, I can't do this. And he looks in the mirror, like you're saying, and there's Mark. The other person is like, let me take over. Let me do this. And he's like, no, I can't. And then when he does let him take over, you know, he dons a costume of Moon Knight and that fucking transition for me was like seamless. I was like, oh, this is oh. sick. He like dons it, he feels the moment, and then he kicks the shit out of that jackal thing. And that's the end of the episode. And I was like, all right, I know where this is going. I am satisfied. That was like a quick, you know, gloss of the fucking episode. But it's, I just feel like it's a little strange that they're not cleaning it up as much. I don't know. I don't know how their budget goes. It just feels a little strange. Like even with Shang-Chi. I- like the, the the first time we I saw it, I was like, "This is great," but like there was one bus scene that was a little rough. But then they fix it. I know because I watched it again on Disney Plus, and I'm just like, "Oh, they, they." I mean, I could suspend my belief, right? It's like, okay, I know it's not a real car going down the like, a Swiss highway, you know, with them getting caught with, or sorry, Austrian Austrian highway, right? But it's just like, oh, Disney, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I think I think they're just still kind of in that weird period where it's like, yes, it's it's been two years but they're still kind of like go roughing out like the the gaps that they had to do with the whole like lockdown and the COVID thing so mm-hmm. i'm still like even though it's like 2022 i'm still kind of giving them that little benefit of a doubt just because moon knight had been filmed at least you know at the end of 2020 maybe like early 2021 so i can i can see there's still a little bit rough patches in it Yep. So that was episode one. Episode two, you know, there's a there was that big ass fight in the museum, and then Steven gets in trouble for it because he's fighting, you know, Haro's creatures, trying to summon like a his Egyptian deity to purify the world. Or you know, he's just basically a zealot who's trying to appease a god to get him on his side. It's almost like a Thanos level. Like I need to do this for death. It's that kind of energy. I wouldn't say like Thanos level devastation, but like hey. That's, I need to please someone so they can bring about justice. At least so he thinks. Yeah, he gets in trouble, gets fired from his job, and then it leads us to, we start seeing the parts of his other life from Mark spill into Stephen's life. Oh, it's like, hey, I need to go find this scarab that's going to lead me to another area. But it's like, oh, you were here yesterday. It's like, was I here yesterday? And it's like, yeah, you were, because there's two people in the body, and when he blacked out, he didn't know that he brought himself there already. Which I think was really interesting because that they start they already have done it, but like they start really like questioning the reality of what's going on, and that's with Moon Knight. I think that's they hit the nail on the head with that stuff. And then again, like the whole reflection thing, like you were saying, it happens more and more. Stephen and Mark are trying to fight each other for control of his body, right. and then they do the little reveal, like they've done a little of like who is able to give mark the power they they tease conchu and him talking and you know what he looks like and that reveal was i was like i don't know how 
I mean, we saw a little snippet of it in the trailer, but I was really excited to see what they did with it. And when they showed Kanchu fully, it was oh, great. That's oh, really what I wanted Kanchu to see. Kanchu just looks so fucking dope, right? Like a bird skull and everything, a little scepter, controlling, you know, magic. All oh, it's and he's you know, as I said before, he's he's a god. He's gonna fuck with whoever he's in control of, and. um it's just like, you know, you are doing this for the right reasons, but also because I want you to for my reasons, right? So it's kind of it's definitely a double-edged sword for sure. And we see more and more as we as we go on. Yeah, and uh, it's just very interesting to see how now we're starting to get into, like, actual, like, God stuff. Because, like, who would have thought, like, a few, like, even, like, a few years ago, like, I who who would assume that like Marvel would have gone into like other deities besides like Thor? You know, even though like mm-hmm. in a way Thor is like yeah they're gods, but they also kind of like you know did the whole explanation is like oh you know what science to you is magic to us, you yeah. know, and that kind of thing. But it's like no, we're we're full we're fully getting into the mythos of like ancient Egyptian gods, and it's fantastic. Hell yeah, and. With that, it just opens the door for more. Um, I'm not going to say any more, but in the Thor Love and Thunder uh, trailer, they tease even more gods. And I'm like, all right, we just, we're just going full steam ahead with the mythological stuff. And as long as it's done right, I'm, let's keep going, you know? I'm, I'm down for it. As long as it's believable and, and fun. Can we get a shout out to probably, I think, one of my favorite characters in this show um, that gets introduced in this episode? Actually, no. She was introduced in the... No, I think she, she appeared in this episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, we get we get to meet Layla. Uh, Hell yeah. It turns out to be Mark's wife. So that adds a whole new wrench into things. But, like, goddamn. She she becomes, like, one of the cool... Like, to me, she becomes, like, one of the fucking coolest characters in the show. Yep. She throws down, man. And it's crazy, because, like you said, it throws the whole... It's like, Steven didn't know he had this life and then mark's like yo i'm married <laughs> here's my wife <laughs> and she's like where the fuck have you been essentially what have you been up to and she thinks he's playing but um he's she's never seen the side of where like there's a you know split personality she knows about Konshu a little bit uh we'll find out later and what Konshu means for mark but not we haven't really seen steven and there's a theory about that uh, i'll bring in later but um, yeah, it's again, it's like, hey, and then just finds out it's funny that Mark is starting to get jealous of Steven's interactions, as we see. And, like, <laughs> Steven is, you know, he's a big nerd and talking about these things with Layla. And it's it's an interesting dynamic already from the get-go, like, from everything they set up. It's it's just, it's also really good chemistry between uh, Miss Kalamaui and Mr. Isaac. So it's it's dope stuff. Um, it, it's believable, it's fun, and it's I think me and me and my wife are talking this like these episodes were kind of like they almost maybe because it's the Egyptian backdrop like in the back of my head but it felt it felt like the watching the mummy essentially a little too the action adventure um you know a couple working together to conquer an evil together I mean it, there's there's some parallels there but I thought the same exact thing yeah and you like, know why? Because it's fun and done well. I think that's what it is too. <laughs> you know, and those movies mm-hmm. are just fun and done well. I mean, you there's probably you know there are some problematic things about them, but uh, you know, nostalgic glasses on. It's 
it's fun. It's a good watch, and I think that's what those movies did as well. And it just feels the same in oh, some yeah. ways. But yeah, and you know, we get to the plot point of like, yo, I need this scarab to find Amit's tomb, who Harrow is trying to summon, and you know, we need to stop him because he's bad, right? <laughs> and then she's like, I guess we should do that. You know, she's kind of like, you're kind of crazy, but you're still my husband. And she's, you know, she's a real one. She's there for him and she supports him. And we're going to find out that they're, they stick together through thick and thin, even though, you know, Mark has been MIA for a while. And there's a certain reason why we'll get to that a little later as well. It, what was interesting to me, because I've read uh, the Moon Knight novels. Oh, I why did I say it like that. I mean, I... <laughs> I've read it. Oh shit! There's this fucking air of like I know. I I know. No, it just their spin on Mister Knight was really cool. Um, I was expecting kind of a Mister Knight is Moon Knight as well. Like not in the same way that like Mark has Mister Knight and Moon Knight. Not Mark has Moon Knight and Stephen has Mister Knight. So that was really cool to see their spin on it. He's like, oh, I'm going to be a hero now, too. And he, you see Steven kind of, so right? He, he, he navigates like, oh, I'm a hero, and I have powers, and I'm strong. And he's, like, struggling and stuff. It was, <laughs> it was great. And he does, like, the superhero landing. He falls over, which apparently was improv. So that was, it was all fun. And then, like, we would think, at first, it's like, oh, it's this jackal thing again attacking Mr. Knight. Like, oh, it's it, from the outside perspective, right? It looks like, oh, she, he looks like he's not all there because he's fighting an invisible force to other people. But then later we see Layla trying to help. It's like, oh, shit, some stuff gets on him. I think it's like a beer bottle or beer. It's like, oh, he's invisible. This is actually happening. Or is it? And so I, for me, I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Keep pushing the boundaries <laughs> of is this real or not? And it was just oh, – that was just a fun episode as well. Yeah, I – I, I, at the first moment Mr. Knight came out, like, I was just, like, all for it. I, I just enjoyed, like, the, the differences between, like, the Moon Knight and the, and the Mr. Knight kind of, like, one's, you know, very just, like, down and dirty to, like, get ready to fight. And the other one's, like, very proper and kind of goofy at the same time. It's, like, every time Mr. Knight came out, I was like, oh, it's kind of like Deadpool, except he's not, like, murderous and kind of just off the walls insane he's just kind of like proper but zany at the same time and i kind of yeah. enjoyed it for that purpose yeah it's great and then you know they're both able to take over each other as well so like mark takes over mr knight eventually and at some point steven will take take over moon knight it's just interesting to see they're fighting over each other and what it leads to and then later when it works together how it's so seamless like where they work to get there mm-hmm so because Mark takes over, is able to kill the Jackal, then loses the Sparrow. And we find it like, hey, Konshu is, of course, he needs his um, Herald, right? Like, yo, if you're not doing what I tell you to do, Steve and Mark or wherever the hell you are, I'm going to find someone else to represent me. And he, you know, he's hinting that it's going to be Layla. You know, not that she has a say or anything. It's like, it's going to be her. She's going to obey, right? And, you know, that really irks Mark. And Steven, you know, he's like, oh, that's not cool. And it's... It's interesting dynamic of we need you, Konshu, but I know you're bad, and it's it's yeah. I, it's just it's almost like the symbiote, you know. It's like, hey, I need you, but you're not good for me, you know. It's like the it's it's interesting, and I I like that tension. It's nice, <sighs> Mark. <laughs> listen to what I have to say, Mark. 
I was a loser like you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Venom. <laughs> Mr. Venom. No, I just wanted to like throw it, throw this in because um, we have to give credit to Ethan Hawke too for making such like an interesting villain. Because there's like certain points when you're like listening to him, it's like, okay, well, it's obvious that you have an idea of, you know, a sense of justice in like the world that you live in. And like you, you kind of see him, um, you know, he has a community that he is a leader of. Where, you know, soon you'll find out it's more like a cult, not a community. And then he obviously has some kind of Egypt. He has some kind of God power still. I don't know if they ever fully explained how he had that power in his in his cane. Do, do you did you remember them explaining that at all? I think we were just already there and he had magic. Yeah, it was interesting because like it's like he siphoned some of the power of Ahmet before getting to the tomb so i guess it's kind of like you know the power of the believer i guess in a, in a sense but like he his cane is able to like do the scale balancing and like decide whether a soul is damned or not yep. and it's like okay it's like that's interesting it, it it plays into the morality of the show where it's like okay it's like what will you do for justice and like what is your version of justice right it kind of touches upon um a little bit like they kind of mentioned it before in other uh, Marvel things, especially like Winter Soldier, like you punishing people before the crime. It's like, no, you should do it after, right? And it's about, no, we're going to stop evil before it happens. Like how, you know, even Steven later on is like, hey, they haven't even done anything yet. Why can you punish them? And I think he actually says that in this episode. He's like, what? And then it's like, oh, you're challenging the cult. You're bad news. <laughs> you know, it's like. It's literally, it's literally just Civil War Two. <laughs> yep. Those that are red, check it out. Um, oh. I also wanted to point out what I really loved hearing. I think it's either this episode or the next one that Harrow actually used to work for Konshu, which I thought was an even cooler twist. Because oh, uh, yeah. as far as I know, like with my knowledge of Moon Knight, it's like, oh, there's another Moon Knight out there. That's sick. Or there was one. And so you have a villain who is trying to bring about justice and already has. And now it's an, in a new way already understands the hero we're getting to learn so it's those connections were just oh just layers on layers and oh chef's fucking kiss man i just that just little addition for me was like wow that's cool uh, there's like two moon knights that are essentially fighting and i was yeah all for it. I, I i was kind of sad that we never f found out like what haro had to do to you know complete his contract with Kanshu. Because I can only imagine, like, if Kanshu was, like, this, like, dead set on, like, oh, we need to, you know, punish, you know, punish the, the breakers of justice, you know, and then we find out how Haro is now, it's like, fuck, what, it's like, who did he have to murder <laughs> in order to complete Kanshu's contract? Right. How many murderers did he have to kill <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to, to get free? And, yeah, I just thought, it's just a nice touch, man. I just, I just really oh, yeah. enjoyed that. Fast forward episode three, uh, Haro is already like on his way to finding the tomb, which was like, oh shit, they're not gonna like go on some chase or no anything. They're, I mean, they kind of did. It was like, oh, he's already there. <laughs> like they're, they're already falling behind. <laughs> like, oh shit, the stakes are. They just really raise the stakes uh, farther. In the end of the last episode, they show that uh, Mark ends up in Cairo, and he's there trying to find his way to Haro and track him. 
And what's really cool, because we, we talked about this little, is he's like, how can I catch up with him and get there fast? And Conchu's like, we can, you know, talk to some people. And, I, you know, I'm a god. I can move things. And he literally does. He, like, moves apart a wall and, like, essentially uses, like, a portal and can talk to the gods and convene about what's going on. Like, hey, he's like, you can tell the gods that Haro's doing something bad. And then it happens, like, Haro just shows up. It's like, hey, I'm, no, I'm not. You can't prove it. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> like, he's he's already a step ahead again. Man, for, for just a guy just to trick a whole bunch of gods, and it's like, well, Kanchu thinks that you are, uh, you know, doing some very bad things and trying to, you know, bring back Ame. And it's like, nah, no, no, I'm not. And it's like, all right. You know, I don't see any, any faults here. <laughs> Like, right. come on, he's come on. You're a bunch of everyone. Egyptian gods. I know, you're a bunch right? of Egyptian gods. You should fucking have some idea that this guy is kind of fucked up. Oh, they're not all knowing for sure. They they definitely got some human logic in them. No, and I was just gonna say, and that kind of shows how even the gods are flawed because they have this oh, whole yeah. like tribunal kind of thing uh, going on, and they they showed that like the gods that are kind of like causing trouble, they lock them away in the little totem and they just like leave them on a shelf, like a fucking decoration. Yeah. But it's like, okay, well, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it makes you kind of question. It's like, okay, well, are they, were they actually doing some bad stuff or were they just not following your plan? You know? Yeah. Just kind just kind of like they're like, even though like Konshu is still out, they were already kind of like, you know, iffy about Khonshu too just based on like what he does and so it's just like okay there's obviously some really big flaws and they it's it's one of those things where it's like they feel so high and mighty that they don't concern themselves with things that aren't important to them mm-hmm. so with that it's like oh we don't believe you mark you're on your own and then of course Layla being awesome and doing some investigative work finds mark it's like, you know, I know a way we could get to the tomb even without the help of the gods. And so that takes us on a little detour to uh, someone she knows, this person named Anton Mogart, who's like a black uh, market dealer. And mm-hmm. he has this, basically this sarcophagus that possesses the knowledge of where they need to go. And with this guy, RIP to the actor, by the way, I believe he died recently, but this was... Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, oh, what's his name? I'm gonna find it. Where is it? Uh, Gaspar Uliel. Oh, I'm probably butchering his name, but yeah, that was he. Uh, he passed away before the show premiered, but I think he did a good job playing oh, that God. that black market dealer. I believe he was hinted at, you know, being another because we don't actually see him quote unquote die. My thought process was Marvel had plans for him to reappear again and do something, but who knows what they'll mm-hmm. do now? But you know, they're able to get to the sarcophagus. And, you know, start to kind of figure out where to go. And, of course, guess who shows up again? Harrow's already there. Step ahead. <laughs> and he fucking damages parts of, like, the sarcophagus so they can't use it. And then he's like, all right, I'm out of here. And then Anton's all pissed off, like, hey, you tricked me and all that. And then there's this big fight, and it's done really well, you oh, know. Oh, oh, Joel, but wait. You have to, you forgot one little minor thing. Right before Harrow leaves, he's just like, hey, Layla. Ask Mark about your dad. Oh shit, that's right. <laughs> oh, that throws <laughs> a, a wrench. Whole in bunch of too. shit. Whole bunch of shit busts wide open. <laughs> yeah. So not only is there a big fight, Mark and Layla are gonna have a fight too because <laughs> apparently 
you know, Layla's dad did die, uh, but Mark was there. And we kind of, you know, we don't piece together what fully happened, but, you know, Mark is a mercenary. And, you know, it, it, her dad was doing research. It's like, how come Mark was the only one left alive? And so it's like, uh, and it puts him in this, <laughs> you know, hard spot to explain what happens. Yeah, there's a there's a nice fight again. Steven and Mark are fighting over possession of the body, and what's going on. And then Mark's like, "Just let me take over." And then you know, he does the Batman thing, pulls out some moon blades out of his chest. I say Batman, but it was still just as dope. And they just you know he kicks ass, but also they're they're beating the shit out of him too, like sticking him with poles and spears and stuff. It was oh yeah, it was a gruesome but good fight, and just all those the knife throwing was really cool to see. I think I think it's this episode and an episode next. Like, like when Mark is is like Moon Knight, he just you could tell that he doesn't necessarily care if he gets hit because he knows that it won't affect him. Like he mm-hmm. he has that he has that mega healing factor. Like, all right, yeah, throw spears at me, sure, whatever, I'll I'll I'll, I'll heal from that. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and it's just that it's just that like reckless abandon that in a way is useful in a situation, but you can tell that, um, at least for Mark, it's just like, he doesn't care what happens to him in a way, like very subtly, which probably influences what we think, at least at the time, like, Oh, if he doesn't care about what he does to people, he definitely probably killed Layla sad. We're like, Oh, you know, we're sitting in the corner, like, not so great husband after all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so just it's you know it's like we have these again just layer this show is so layered i love it mm-hmm. um but yeah they get the piece of the map after the nice fight and there's a nice twist though it's out of date and i'm just like what <laughs> like it's outdated <laughs> how do you update it's like oh they're gonna come up with a map or something and triangulate and they they do right and it's like okay they got it but it's like no it's not quite right because the stars weren't right i was like oh that's interesting, right? It's like, oh, that actually kind of makes some sense. Like, it's not, oh, we triangulate it, we did the math, it's fine. It's like, oh, no, things were different 2,000 years ago. And then they do some sick shit. <laughs> I, I I remember seeing this scene in the trailer, like, what the hell is that? But in order to find the right place, Khonshu fucking turns the night sky back 2,000 years. Which yeah. is wild. Like, that's, that I don't so know who dope. came up with that. That is just damn cool like oh they're kind of trapped because it's out of date how do we fix that let's not quite go back in time let's just fuck up the world for a, <laughs> for a bit and confuse the shit out of everyone turn the sky back 2000 years and that was just a concept in itself that i just think is really cool i mean that just kind of blew my mind i was like wow and because the gods are already like yo Kanshu, you're not so great uh, Kanshu does this knowing like the gods are probably going to mess him up or imprison him or do whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he does this to help them, help Layla, Mark, and Steven stop uh, Haro and from summoning Amit. But when he does that, we immediately see him like fall apart because the, the the other avatars of the gods, they do like a yeah. little ritual to seal Kanshu. And we just see right away like Mark is like already kind of weak and tired and stuff right after he turns to night sky. But yeah, that visual, like I know I was talking shit about that car ride for episode one. The visuals went <laughs> to this shit. That's why I was like, okay, I can't complain anymore. Here we go. That was oh, 10 out of 10. That scene alone was, ooh, I mean, I'm pretty biased, but 
Oh no, God I mean damn. it's not every day you get you get to see someone just like turn the night sky back two thousand yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I was thinking too? They imprisoned Konshu in an Ushtabi, and I was like, Izzy's gonna sell a fucking little Ushtabi of fucking Konshu, and I'm gonna fucking buy one. I was like, no, I'm gonna you, get one. Did man. you see? <laughs> did you see? Um because you know, like Pop is already like always on it. Yeah, yeah. And they always show Every time an episode releases, they always show like a new one. They um a few episodes ago they released like the regular Conchu one, and then when that happened, they released one that was him, but it was all great, is all like great and like like made of stone, like the totems. Like okay, you fuckers, I see. Oh fuck! Why'd you tell? Me? I'm literally about to look this up as soon as we're done. I'm gonna put it in my cart and I'm gonna fucking own it. <laughs> I'm gonna write that shit down. But yeah, that was that was like so high stakes. Everything going on and just it was like an. Like, that was itself, like, an adventure movie episode. And, like, the quality was just so good. So, I think a lot of people have, like, problems with, like, the ending. But I think it's because the middle is so strong. Not that the ending isn't. But it's just, like, it kind of... We get so much, and... Wait, the the middle, the ending of the episode or the series? Sorry, series, I should say. The series. People really? Conf- I've, I've had some conflicting... Uh, opinion, her, sorry, I've heard some conflicting opinions about the ending, and people are saying, like, the middle's the strongest. And I can see that. But also, I, I mean, I'm biased. You, we're going to talk about the ending, too. But, uh, um, yeah, people said the meat was really the middle. Okay. Yeah, that was episode three. Episode four, it, it, I feel like, again, it, it just leans into this, like, action-adventure-style movie. And it, it's and that's basically what it is, right? And they, they just really lean yeah. into it. Which, of course, Disney is great at. And they just... It's believable. It's fun. And we just keep going with it. And they, like, arrive at the tomb. They find out it's, like, a maze in the shape of Eye of Horus. And a uh, little twist. I mean, this is what really sealed me. It's like, oh, this is the mummy. Like, they, some of the men that Haro brought were killed by Egyptian fucking undead priests. I was like, all right, this is mm-hmm. literally a sequel to The Mummy now. <laughs> the, the Mummy 3 that we never got. This is The Mummy 3 we ended up and deserved <laughs> for fucking sure but I, I, I like go ahead, go ahead. sorry i didn't want to oh, no i just want to say like because like leading up to like them finding like the the tomb right you get you get to have a lot of a lot of steven and layla like time and it was just, i don't know i'm a sucker for like you know little like cute things like that where it's like you know steven's like showing off like how much he loves like egyptian like history and shit like that and then she's like Oh, okay. You know, I see that. All right. And so it's like, <laughs> you you have a market. It's like, Steven, don't. It's like, don't, like, you know, don't get too close. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you see Steven and Layla fucking, like, getting buddy-buddy, uh-huh. you know, over all, over, like, ancient Egyptian artifacts and stuff like that. And it's like, ah, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Is, is Layla cheating on Mark with Steven? I mean. Yes. No. no and yes Maybe. i don't know yeah. i don't know it's i mean when you find out your husband probably killed your father yeah or your husband had something to do with your father's death you know <laughs> things are weird yep and that's what haro tells her too layla and and uh steven or mark are separated and and haro comes he's like hey by the way mark was a mercenary who killed your dad see ya <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh shit like, really? And, she, you know, she questions What do you it. do with this information? Right? It's like, this is, like, we just dropped a fucking bomb on me. What the hell? And it just, 
you know, it's interesting. Like he has again, Haro is like he has all the. It's almost like he's the hero almost in the way they write him. He's like he has all the answers. He's a step ahead. He's got it. You know, and in some ways he's really right too. You know, I mean, the way he's doing it is certainly wrong, and you know, punishing people for the crime is certainly bad. But it's just interesting, like. He's not a hundred percent bad, though. He's certainly, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Okay, he has some like ideas of what it is to be good. I guess I should say he's he is bad, but he's like. By the way, I, I you know I should let you know that it's Mark killed your dad. <laughs> you know? It's it's the 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 MC villain archetype that I think they do very well. Where it it's a very well developed villain that. In some circumstances, you look at him as like you know, you know, it's not wrong. You know, they're not totally you know batshit insane, and then instances of them you know being a villain and like doing bad things, like okay, well that's not right. It's like they do a like when Marvel does it right, they do it right. Mm-hmm. And Haro is, I think, definitely one of the good villains that the MCU's made. Definitely. I, I totally agree. And, you know, even from, like you said, his intro scene with the, the glass and the shoes, it's already like, oh, we have an intriguing character already on our hands. And, you know, Ethan Hawke, just, again, ensemble, the ensemble's fucking great. Like, oh, just, I can't, everybody's amazing. I mean, sorry, I guess they're the elites, they're not really the ensemble. But you know what I mean. They're, they're great. Yeah, they find the tomb of what's supposed to lead to Amit's Shopti, right? And apparently it's the, you know, the last person who was the avatar for Amit was Alexander the Great. Nice little uh, history um, nugget for people. I thought that was interesting. It's like, oh, by the way, um, this is the last person who served this evil person. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's kind of fits, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Layla confronts him. Say, hey, um, I just found out you killed my dad. <laughs> and then we get the backstory of uh, what, you know, kind of the after effects of what happened. It was like a fight, and Mark is super, you know, deathbed, riddled with bullets. Shut up. Yeah, he's not going to make it. He looks like he's Nathan Drake as well, um, and or Rick O'Connell. He's got that, you know, the, the shirt with the pockets, the scarf. Uh, he probably has khakis on, too. Probably has a gun. But it's like, you know, he's on his deathbed, shot up, ready to go. And as he's about to phase out, he's before the statue of Khonshu. He's like, hey, if you promise to be my fist of justice... You can live again and heal and pretty much be invulnerable, but you just got to fight for me. And he's like, yep, I'll do it. And then we see from, you know, again, the transition, he, he dons the suit and he gets to get out okay. And I was waiting for this moment, if they were going to really flesh it out or kind of gloss over it. But they just was like, hey, he's stuck in a bad spot. And of course, Khonshu shows up, his lowest, and like, hey, I got your ticket out of here. And I think they just did it really well and convincingly. Oh, yeah, for sure. The character work that they've done up to this point for both Steven and Mark have just been fantastic. And I know we'll be getting to it soon, but like the, the episode after this, just far beyond my expectations as far as anything I thought I would see in a Moon Knight series. Oh, yeah. It's uh, quite a ride, right? Yeah. All right, but yeah, um, you know, now that Mark doesn't have the powers of Khonshu and Moon Knight, you know, surprise, Haro's there, shoots him, 
and he like falls into this like I'm gonna say like bottomless pit of water, pool. like a pool, like this really deep, deep ass pool. And we're not sure if he's dead. And then we have Steven waking up in a psychiatric ward, uh, populated by characters we've seen throughout the series, uh, with little hints of the series. And we're just like, oh shit, was this ever real? Like we see uh, Layla playing with things, you know, we see uh, his old boss from his work, you know, fidgeting with something. We see different characters, uh, just uh, the cops that arrested him were there too as well, which was like, what? This is, they brought everyone back, you know, that were players in his life. And it was like, oh, are these just people in the, the hospital? Now I want to correct course real quick. Um, Do it. Uh, is actually uh, Mark is the one that wakes up. Oh shit! And so it's it's interesting to see because they're they're pulling from both Mark and Steven's memories. So there's people that, of course, you'll notice like Layla, and then you know eventually the, they'll see Har- Haro as the lead doctor. Um, but then there's also other people that maybe Mark wouldn't know who they are, you know, but they were in Steven's life. It, so it was just very wild because like you go from, you know, them getting shot. And then, like you said, you don't know if they're, they're dead. Cause at least for me, I thought that, Oh, something was going to happen to where, um, maybe another God would come into play or maybe, there was some kind, maybe like a, a third identity would have popped up, and or like some some kind of like MacGuffin would have happened. But like, no, we get sucked into this weird like asylum, you know, like psychiatric ward kind of thing. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Hell yeah! And that's what I love that they like question his reality and our interpretation of his reality too, right there. I was like, oh shit, they just flipped on its head. This is perfect. He doesn't know what's real. We don't know what's real. Amazing. Even before that, I'm going to throw it back a little too. We start this with like, he's watching like a film, like this fake action adventure. Like, I I, I equate to like a 90s TV show. With these oh my God. Yeah. It's called like Two Buster <laughs> like a, with Mark. It's like a fucking Nickelodeon, yeah. it's like a fucking Nickelodeon afternoon part. show. Yeah. It's like, we're going to explore the tomb and whatever. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? And why does it feel so familiar? You know, it's like, it has that, yeah, like that 90s afternoon show, like film over it. It's, it's, it's like, oh shit. <laughs> it even had the radical camera angles. On yeah. It. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Tomb Buster with Dr. Stephen Grant. And, you know, they're going to search for treasure. It's like, oh, shit. Did Mark make up Stephen? You know, is Stephen act, you know, is, you know, we start to like really like, oh, is everything here like taken? Like, is the adventure in his head of Moon Knight all from the hospital? So it's, yeah, it's, it's really great how, I mean, at least for me, I was like, oh, shit. They're like pulling all the stops for this for Moon Knight. And then we eventually Mark explores a little and he finds Steven in a sarcophagus. He lets him out. He's like, oh, Steven, I thought I lost you. And like now, you know, they were fighting before and now they're just happy to have each other. And we start to see them like this is the beginning of them starting to work together and accept each other because they're, you know, they're both parts of the same person, essentially, and they'll help each other. And of course, they hint at a third persona of Moon Knight who's trapped, who we don't see. 
But before they go any further with that, we have a nice little twist at the end. Both um, both the knights, they open the door, and then <laughs> there's a hippo goddess before them, says hi, they freak out, and I was like, boom, that's it, that's the episode. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here now? What is real? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what the, wait. <laughs> They've done they've done an interesting job of like leaving on the cliffhanger, so you're just kind of like, oh no, I want to see what's next. What the hell did I just watch? And I have so many questions, and it was so good. Um, but yeah, that was again, it just kind of I remember I forgot who said it. I was just people I, I follow were just like, how do we get away from this? What what leads to the next part? And I think that's again, they're so good at the cliffhangers, like leaving one more. Like, how do they get out of this? How do we? resolve we, we you know problem stacking our problem how is this gonna fix itself and oh man it just the next episode is like a tour de force of like oh just so much <laughs> oh man it's i want to get into it now oh shit let's do it let's fucking do it so let's just start off with the more basics like we find out the hippopotamus is Towerette and explains that mark and steven are technically not alive anymore. They're at the uh, psychiatric the hospital. They're in the Duat, right? <laughs> Everyone's like, oh shit, going back to or- <laughs> That's the first time I heard the Duat. This is Assassin's Creed Origins, so that was nice to hear that again. <laughs> but basically, they're sailing through uh, to the afterlife. They're like in between, essentially. And because they're Stephen and Mark are kind of not 100%, say. Their hearts are in balance. Yeah, they're in balance, right? They're two halves. And so they, you know, with the Egyptian lore they put is like, they need to weigh your heart to see if it's worthy of, you know, going into the afterlife or not, or somewhere worse. And she's like, you guys need to find balance so you can, you know, go on to the afterlife if you need to. And then the afterlife, of course, the place where they want to be is the uh, the field of reeds, which by the way, uh, oh wait, hold on, I'm gonna, before I get ahead of myself, she's going to weigh their hearts on the scales of justice, right? And they're in balance because there's a lot of unrest between Stephen and Mark and we find out why it's because there's really big trauma that they mm-hmm. dropped from from Mark and his beginnings which just going to lead to more so we find out you know Mark had a brother and they were of course they were playing having fun and they went in a cave and then Mark's brother dies and that just like that already messes him up right Mm-hmm. And like I can only imagine, and it's like, oh shit! No wonder like he's got some shit going on since he was young. This is this is tragic. And you know they're working together, kind of figure out what happens, and then you know to put more on it. You know, of course, it divides the family a little. But uh, Mark's mom blames Mark for the death of his brother, and so that leads to abuse and <sighs> it was you know uh... negligence, and it's just awful stuff. But to escape that awful life that he had to endure for a bit, it shows Mark creates Stephen to escape. Like the Stephen is no Stephen is happy and cheery, not jaded, not a killer, because you know he created him to protect his own mind. Like oh, that's how Stephen was made. It's Stephen is the escape to the you know the pain and trauma he's about to endure, and it's just like wow, like that. Fuck. You know they kind of. They do that in the comics too. He has some unresolved trauma, but it's like they really brought it like full force to the show and really heavy, but still well done and believable. 
Yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting like how heavy this episode is going to be. And I mean, with a character like this, you kind of have to go through it at some point. And I, this is like the perfect time to do it. But I also just love how they went through it because they didn't go through the whole thing in one like straight line. They kept kind of bouncing back and forth between certain periods of like their life. And so like at what at one point you kind of see you do see the, you know, the death of Mark's brother through the eyes of uh, Stephen because they're able to go through these doors and kind of like be in the memory and just kind of like watch it as it happens. And so you're seeing like Stephen trying to like, you know, you know, find his way through the end. But Mark's trying to like stop him at the same time because he doesn't want to deal with it. So you're kind of bouncing through these memories and it's like you're slowly like piecing things together up until that one point where you find out Steven was a creation of Mark through trauma, you know, dealing with his mom and just like the whole ordeal, of, you know, losing his brother in that way. And it's just like, fuck, that's so, it's so heavy, but it's like, it's so necessary at the same time. And through that, you get to kind of see this new kind of, for lack of a better word, um, you get to see kind of like this synchronizing of Mark and and Stephen, like they have a newfound respect for each other, and it's like they they finally become like the the unstoppable duo. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, they. They work together to, like, resolve each other's trauma, and they even address, like, you know, when Mark chose Steven, like, when he was on a mission with Bushman, who, you know, in turn <laughs> murders Layla's father, they start accepting each other and starting to move forward. You know, they may not be great people or done great things, but at least they can resolve each other and hopefully move forward. Um, which I thought we just, yeah, we get we see them to, you know, synchronize. They work together. They, it, it starts to line up. So eventually, when they sync up, they're, you know, they're unstoppable. They even co convince Towerette to help them return to the living so they can stop Haro, who's going to, you know, kill a bunch of people who don't deserve to die. And she's like, all right, I'll help steer you towards the gates of Osiris. That'll lead you back, right? You know, you convinced me. You guys you still have work to do. It's like, it's nice having a god on your side, I guess. Or another one. <laughs> and so, you know, they're sailing through the, the sands and do what? Eventually, because... I mean, they still got a lot going on, right? It's not 100%. Uh, their, their scales fail to balance for judgment, and then these spirits essentially come out and attack them. And they're the people that uh, Mark has killed, too. They aren't just, like, random spirits. It's people oh, he's yeah. interacted with before. They're in, also, the psychiatric war, too. You can see them. It's a nice uh, connection. So it's like they... It's like again. I mean, they are they are spirit like haunting spirits to remind of what he's done, which I thought was a very nice touch. Of course, with that fight, you know, Mark is, you know, they kind of rely. Stephen relies on Mark to kind of do all the fighting, but he starts to get overpowered. And then Stephen jumps in to help. He's like, I can do this too, you know, I can do this all day. But and then eventually, Stephen is thrown off, and uh, he he's taken to the to the sands, and we see him like get lost, you know, essentially no. lost forever. Which I was excited to talk about because someone showed me this video of like 
already in episode one, there's a little girl telling Steven, did it hurt when you were rejected from the field of reeds? Right? It's like, oh, shit, that actually happened. He didn't go right away. That's fucked up. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? That's a nice little I totally, I totally didn't connect that. Yeah, right? It's like, oh, it's just a little kid being a little kid, you know, being an asshole to Steven. Like, no, he. they literally predict what happens or tell you what's going to – like, it's extreme foreshadowing what's going to happen to Steven later, which is like, wow, that's – fucking ballsy and great but you know they, uh steven goes to the duat turns to sand and then scales balance and we find mark in the field of reeds and that's the end of the episode so oh, fuck it's it's really heavy like we go from his, his trauma filled life and why he, steven is created and the reasons why he's there and then they go through it together, and then they still have more fighting to do. World still needs to be saved. And then, you know, just right when uh, Mark and Steven resolve things, we lose Steven. And, you know, Mark essentially goes to heaven, you know, or the Field of Reeds. It's like, oh, fuck. And then, boom, fuck you. <laughs> it's, just such a, it's just such an interesting way to end it because you go through all of their trauma, and it's like such a heavy episode. And then it ends at the field of reeds where it's just a peaceful silence. Ugh. It's, uh, it's just, it's just so, it's just so well written. Deafening silence. I'd almost say it's like, whoa. And then like, they just like, Hey, fuck you. Episode's over. Tune in for the finale next week, bitches. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, what I like, what also someone said is they pointed out like the reason why Layla never, never met, uh, Steven, before is because he always felt happy and safe and never had to bring out Steven with Layla. So oh. I was like, oh, that's a that's a nice observation. I don't know if that was planned, but that, that makes sense. That's, that's really nice. And, you know, all this has happened, and, you know, I was like, how the fuck are they going to resolve this? <laughs> and that brings us to the final episode. Appropriately titled, by the way, Gods and Monsters. So, not to be confused with the DC. Anyway, so um, <laughs> uh, we find Haro releases Amit, right? We're like, oh shit, he did the thing because he, you know, he. No one has stopped him. The other gods and avatars didn't believe him, and she essentially just goes. She starts killing. She's taking him out. She's gonna do what she was, you know, essentially born to do. And you know, while she's working on killing them, Layla's there. She, she you know, she's gonna try to help freak free Khonshu to save Mark to become Moon Knight, you know, and do this. But she finds Khonshu's Ushtabi and releases him. And uh, it goes back and forth, but, you know, Khonshu's like, yo, you can be my avatar, you can help stop this now. But she knows. She's smarter than that. She's like, I know what you're about. You know, I am not going to work for you. <laughs> and he's, you know, <laughs> Khonshu's like, ah, goddamn. You know, he really wanted to sink his hooks into... Layla, but she's way smarter than that, way smarter than, than Mark. But mm -hmm. it you know goes back and forth again to Mark. He doesn't want to stay in the field of reeds. He wants to go back to the sand and the duat to rescue Steven. And again, they eventually are able to go through the gates and then get their body up. And then, of course, when Mark's alive, his conscience says, I can't bring him back to life. I don't feel him alive. And then when they both come back, He's alive, and Conchu's like, I feel him, and essentially goes to him and is like, here you go, res up, 
and you know, <laughs> and you know, he's Moon Knight now, and which is interesting because Stephen and Mark are now on the same side. They're starting to alter the terms of the agreement together against Konshu, which was really interesting. So like they're both like, "Hey, you do this, you can actually let us free," and then it's like two versus one now, as opposed to Konshu and Mark versus Stephen. And it's the nice. It's a nice transition seeing Mister Knight and Moon Knight kind of trying to talk down a god successfully. Oh, I loved it. Or so I they think. It. And I love the little moment where it's like, well, we're stuck in the desert. How do we get out of here? And Conscious is mad flex. I'm a god. Don't worry. I'll get you there. <laughs> Blasts <laughs> them up into the sky. Sends them flying. I'm like, all right, sure, whatever. This is dope. <laughs> it's just like, you forget I'm a god or some shit. It's like, all right. <laughs> God's gonna be gods. So good. Like, I, it's, just... it's, 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 it's fantastic because it's it's you're 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 getting to see like Mark and Steven like at like peak performance now and like they're they're at their unstoppable point. And then while they're doing that, Powerette starts to talk to Layla and I didn't actually expect that at all. And they're they're like, Hey, there is a way to stop Amit. We just have to rebind Amit to uh their Ushapti to uh lock them back in. He's like, you could be my avatar, right? It's like, oh, will Taro be better than Konshu? We we assume so, right? We, she seemed pretty cool already, but it's like, you know, it is a god. And she's like, you know what? Okay, eventually she does side with uh, Taro to help, you know, to help Steven and Mark and, you know, save the world together. But I just got to say, um, <laughs> it is a hell of a reveal um, which I did not expect. Fuck, Her dude, being oh. the Herald of Tower, it was... It's just dope, man. It's like, we didn't expect it. She, like, comes out, you know, strong. She has wings she can fly with. Can, essentially can, like... I think she so, throws metal blades, too. It's it's a, it's a great reveal. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is an original character, too. This is a new character. Technically, yes. Um, so, she becomes a Scarlet Scarab, which is a pre-existing character from like the old days of Marvel. But back then, um, Scarlet's uh, Scarab, he was kind of one of those characters where it's just like, you kind of can't do that nowadays kind of characters. So this, this, (laughs) the Mandarin. (laughs) Yeah. So like this update, like, Oh my God. You know, (laughs) I immediately was just like, yep. Layla's the coolest, one of the coolest characters of this show. It's fucking badass. Hell like you, yeah. and, and like you said, like she got the wings, the 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 the, uh, the swords that she has, and it, uh And um, I looked up an interview that they had with um, with Make. Uh, I feel so bad. I don't like. I'm tr- I want to pronounce her last name right. It's, it's like Calamari, but it's Kalamawi. I saw an interview. Okay, Cal- May Kalamaui. Okay, so May Kalamaui. Apparently, that scene where she's talking to Tarot, um, apparently that was a like a last minute kind of thing as far as like her talking with like her and her body kind of deal. And so it it, it was interesting. It was interesting. She was talking about it's like yeah, she had to figure out like a way. Like um, they had the person that does the voice yeah. of Tarot off off stage a little bit, so she can kind of um act a way she think that she would act in her body while she's talking and she's <laughs> she was talking about how 
you know, she would start like kind of like throwing herself against the wall, but it's like it's a set wall, so it's not really structurally sound. So <laughs> they kept telling her, it's like, "Hey, you don't have to do it that hard." And it's like, "Yeah, I know, but you know, you know, I have to kind of act possessed because that's what's going on." And so she's like, <laughs> after they told her to kind of not do that, um, the next take, she <laughs> slammed the wall again and actually broke it. <laughs> oh, nice. That's funny. But, but yeah, ah. Uh, like not not to mention the fact that as far as the MCU goes and as far as like most modern comics goes like this is like legit like the first egyptian superhero yep and they and they even kind of they even kind of like do a little like toss line like that with um there's this big during the big fight um there's this girl that um is in like the fray and then so Layla saves her and then you know, accused. You know, at first, like Layla's like not like down for the whole like um, alter uh, avatar thing, and then um, the girl's like, "Are it's like, are you an Egyptian superhero?" And she was like, and then Layla's like, "Yes, I am." And he's like, "Yeah, you fucking you fucking own that shit because you were rocking it." Yeah, and that fight alone was was dope too, and. They show really how strong Haro is too to take on two heralds. You know, it's essentially three heralds, and they're all fighting, and they're slamming each other through walls. They're flying through the air, and you know, we see Harold shooting like you know lightning, purple blasts, and Moon Knight dodging. They're flying and working together. It's, it's of course what you expect. Really well coordinated, and <laughs> we're about to see. You know, uh, Layla gets trapped. Mark's in a bad position. We're like, oh shit. What's going to happen next, right? Because he's about to, like, kick the shit out of Moon Knight and kill him, right? He puts a staff on him. All the while, we saw, you know, giant Khonshu and giant Amit fighting by the pyramid, which was dope. Didn't expect to see that shit. So that was fun to see. That was dope. There were definitely some, like, great images, the cinematic, like, images of them, everyone fighting. And then it does what they did before. They fast forward, like... Mark and Steven were no longer in control this time. Blackout. Blackout. And then we just see Haro down. Like, what the fuck? And everyone, you know, is thinking in the back of that, oh shit, is that the third one? Is that Jake Lockley? Um, you know, but it's just like, oh, it's it's over, you know? It, it was just it was just one of those cool moments because like they like you because you haven't seen that blackout thing and since like the first episode or so. Yeah. And so it's like, oh fuck. And then, of course Layla's like what did you do? And and they're like, oh, it's like we don't, we didn't do that. <laughs> it's like something else happened. Yeah. And then, yeah, of course, like it was just interesting because, like, you imagine like there's this big drag out fight with Haro mm -hmm. and Ahmet, but then, yeah, it's I can see how some people might think that's kind of like weird, but for for this show and this and this character, it's like I couldn't have thought of like any better way to do it. Just because, yeah, you could have had them like fight to like a, a an actual end, but at the at the at the end of that, you know, there'll be just people being like, "Oh, it's just like another Marvel. It's just another Marvel thing where they have the big fight at the end." Like, no, this one, this one adds on to the character development that we've seen so far, and now just this extra element that it has been hinted um, before. Because there's the part where there's this happened once before in the series where like they black out and then Mark's like I didn't do that, 
And Steven didn't believe him, of course, at the time. Yeah. So like, okay, there's something else going on here. But yeah, and then we, we get to see a little bit of that a little bit later. But uh, Joel, why don't you uh, t- take us to what happens after this? So they bind uh, Amit to Haro's body. And that's the only way to defeat them is to bind her to his body. And then if you kill the mortal body, you'll kill Amit as well. It goes to, you know, a relevant topic. It's like, Conjure's like, finish him, kill him. You know, he's about to do all these evil things. And it's like, no, I have a choice. I don't have to kill anymore, you know. And he, he stops. He's like, that. you know, I stopped him. And that's part of our deal. Let us go, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't have to kill anymore if I don't want to. That's my choice, you know. He, he's done so much killing for Kanshu, you know. And Haro already did enough killing. It was just like, again... They've t- even with Civil War Two again. It's the choice, you know. You w- don't take away the choice, which is very, very important, and of course, incredibly relevant um, on many ways for many things. But then it goes back to we think we're like, oh, okay, this reality's fine. And then it goes back to the hospital again. Oh yeah, I didn't expect and this. They part. they are talking to Haro again, saying, you know, are you a superhero, or do you have everything together? And they kind of, you know one's talking and the other they phase it out it's like no this is the reality i actually want so they're done talking to you know haro with the ponytail being the therapist or psych psychiatrist and then it's like, i want to be the superhero then it goes back right really it just it was an interesting snap too which i didn't expect um since we already got a oh. whole dose of it last episode uh, i just want i just want to interject before we we transition from that um the the added like extra little thing of when haro like walks around back to his like chair at his desk, you start seeing the trails of blood from his feet, mm-hmm. and so it's just like it's just like a nice like full circle from like the first scene of the series, and up to this point. It's okay, we're now we're getting to like the the meat. Well, not the meat and potatoes, but like we're getting to a new beginning. Mm-hmm. That good old reincorporation. Love to see it. They say we're going to be the heroes, and essentially they do it, and that's pretty much it. And you know, we're we're left wanting more. And of course, they do answer another question though. Uh, Mid credits, we you know someone escorts Haro out of the hospital. Right? He's all he's pretty messed up, pretty drugged up. You know, it, it doesn't seem like people believe what he's saying. Uh, we have a man like moving him around, like William out in Spanish. He's put in a very nice car. And before him, when he when Haro sits down, it's Konshu in a suit, <laughs> and it's like you know that was trippy. I was like, oh shit, this motherfucker's still here. And it's like the it's like not just any suit; it's like the Mister Knight suit too. Yeah. So just when we thought we were done, of course we're not. And I was wondering, you know, for me for a half second, I was like, oh shit, is Konshu going to recruit Haro again? It's like no, he's just saying he's just sending him off. He's like, yeah. We're actually done with you. We're not messing around. And we get the reveal. Window comes down this limo. It's Jake, a.k.a. Steven, a.k.a. Mark. Kills him right there on the spot. Window goes up. Car drives off. License plate says Spectre <laughs> for Mark Spectre. Uh, and, you know, they're back in London or something, I think. And it's a nice little... Everyone was asking for Jake. We fucking got him. <laughs> you know? He's there at the end. Yeah, and... It's just oh, it was so uh, it was so great because like it's like yeah, you know Mark and Stephen, sure you can be let go. I didn't say anything about Jake though. Yeah, and so 
I'm just wondering how that's going to play, and they're going to do three of them, because <laughs> they had Oscar Isaac and his brother, because his brother apparently looks a lot like him. He would act alongside his brother to fill in sometimes for the scene. So I wonder what they'll do for a third, if possible, if they're just going to look alike. <laughs> Is there a third brother yeah. that they can call in? But yeah, that pretty much ends it, and I was like, wow, I really hope they do more, because that it was like a... Not to say that the other shows weren't good. They were all they're all good. This one just left me wanting more. Like there I, I was hesitant before about the TV shows, not gonna lie. I was like, is the budget gonna be there just like the movies? And they've mm-hmm. clearly answered yes. That they it's even better because the story has more time to be fleshed out. And I just it, they're just even better than some of the movies, you know? It's it's really good stuff. It was a great ride. They as far as I'm concerned with Moon Knight, they were spectacular, and I hope they can explore more. And you know, it's little Easter oh, yeah. eggs too. We're getting. I just want to see. More. I want to see Moon Knight in a movie now, even if it's a cameo or someone else in his universe. You know, so that ugh. oh yeah, Chef's kiss, Chef's kiss for this I, show. Yeah. At at first, I wasn't sure, but like now, I'm I'm definitely like this is probably my favorite uh, Disney Plus Marvel show. Hell yeah, hands down. Hell yeah, I do have a little bit of um. Fun little tidbits about the development of uh, Moon Knight. Oh, hell yeah. App- apparently, um, the idea of making a live-action Moon Knight went all the way back to 2006. What? If anybody remembers, there was a Blade uh, television series, which... Um, you own. I, 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 I own, and I don't recommend. <laughs> it got canceled after one season. Uh, for a reason, um, but apparently uh, Marvel was uh, pl- thinking of bringing in Moon Knight for season two of that Blade TV show, which didn't happen. And then uh, fast forward um, a little while, they wanted to try to make a Moon Knight sh- a series that, again, didn't pan out. And then they even had... Um, we're discussing maybe James Gunn make a Moon Knight movie at one point in like 2017. And so I think once the Disney plus kind of like came out and showed that it was something that is possible, they're like, fuck it, let's make Moon Knight a Disney plus show. And then voila, we get this fucking beautiful ass show. Better get a season two, at least if not a movie. Hell yeah, I really hope so. <laughs> I really. But it, hope so. it's just it. But, but yeah, it's just interesting that even as far back as 2006, they were trying. To, they were trying to bring Moon Knight to live action. Yeah. And then, <laughs> all the way fast forward to 2022, you know, and we finally get it. And I think, I think it's probably the best bet because I feel like if we got Moon Knight back then, I don't think it would have been as good as it is today. It would have been like over the top, really leaning into the is he crazy or is he not? And then not appropriate, wouldn't have aged well. It just would have been mm-hmm. not good. And I'm sure with, you know, they, I just looked at the little snippet too. Like it just, you know, they would have leaned hard into like Egyptian stereotypes and shit. And I, I think it's for the best that they handled it the way they did now. And that's totally fine because it's dope as fuck. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Tomb Buster forever. Yeah, I I'm excited. When I saw that, you know, Marvel was kind of going to dip their toes into like the Marvel Knights 
like series of Marvel characters. You know, I I was super excited. Of course, of course, you know me. Like I I'm waiting for that Blade movie to come out. You know, oh, I I can't yeah. wait. And then, um, I believe I told you in the last podcast I saw Eternals, and then of course they had uh, Kit Harrington's uh, version of of Black Knight. Not not the actual character, but like the setting up of the of the Black Knight character. So what in it? And so, and now we have Moon Knight. So it's just like, okay, we're just slowly building this little section of the Marvel universe right now. And I'm, I'm all in, dude. Are we gonna get I, the Midnight Suns, the the dark ones? <laughs> Punisher, Ghost Rider, Black Knight, Moon Knight. <laughs> I'm gonna. Hey, man. If Marvel if Dark they can figure out a way, <laughs> if they can figure out a way to do it, I'm all down for it. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for Moon Knight to show up. In, with Black Knight or Blade, even if it's for a second, or if it's like you know, Blade's like I had to run in with a mummy, and it just shows him fucking fighting Moon Knight for like a second. You know, mm-hmm. I I'd be I would just love it because Moon Knight. Well, I mean, you know, just think he goes mm-hmm. around. He's not exactly on everyone's side either because he's a little problematic no. sometimes too. But I mean, just like putting the pieces together, you know, Eternals. They were in London, mm-hmm. and in that post credit scene, you know, you had black knight and then you heard the voice of blade in the background and then what do we have here we have mark and steven living also in london so it's like you know they're not that far away Mm -mm. you know they're very close together so i just i'm just waiting to see when they decide to pull that pull that string and then let's open the floodgates man multiverse anything's possible speaking of multiverse in our universe um, as soon as Moon Knight, I think, debuted, they already put Moon Knight in the uh, Marvel section of Disneyland. There's a, I saw a little video today. Uh, one yeah. one section, there's Moon Knight, and then another section of like the uh, where the uh, Quinjet. There's another Moon Knight. They're like talking to each other, which I think is kind of hilarious in itself. But they even I, gave him the glowing blue eyes. Like, oh, that's dope. I just want to see that. I just want to see Moon Knight. <laughs> I, I will give Disney credit when when they first unveiled the. The Avengers Campus at, at Disney's California Adventure. They said that they do plan, like whenever like a show or movie comes out, they plan on updating the characters and updating the area, so that you know everybody can have their favorite character in in the area. And you know, till this day, they've they've done just that. And it just amazed me how like how fast they were able to get like Moon Knight and Mr. Knight in in the area, as well as all the other characters that have come out. Oh, yeah. But uh, I want to meet Mr. Knight. Sure. Right. Fuck it. Why not? Right. Mr. I think it would be fun. Made it this far. I think you can agree that Moon Knight was damn good. <laughs> Just going to oh, say, yeah. if you made it this far and you didn't like it, I, I think you got to rewatch it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's... I mean, I'm biased. I think it's great in many ways. Um... Mm-hmm. I think they could have pushed some things farther, but for as far as what we need, yeah. just right. I it, mean, I, I fuck, they could have done 10 episodes. I probably would have loved it anyway. And yeah. it, they dove into his DID, him being a superhero and his trauma, and they did it well, you know, and they pull at your yeah. heartstrings and it's, it's heavy, but it ties in. It's, you know, it's mythical and real. It's oh, just, it's well done, Disney. Yeah. And everything they've done before led up to this, you know, and, and they can build from it even more now. So, yeah. 
and I, I I feel it in my bones. I know there's there's going to be some people out there that are that are like, oh, you, uh, it wasn't that great or something. But it's like I understand. Like it's like I really like we obviously really like it. Doesn't mean it's a perfect show. There there are things that could maybe be touched up a little bit. But overall, as a full package, like Moon Knight is great. <laughs> and hopefully, uh, uh, we'll get more great content as well. And you know, uh, Miss Marvel's coming soon. Of course, different universe. Oh yeah, Kenobi at the end of the month. So that's gonna that's so gonna soon. be wild too. But yeah, um, as far as Moon Knight goes, I was like, I'm gonna love this. If people don't, because I I love the character already, and this I think will just open the doors for what Marvel can do as well. So I'm I'm excited to see this. If this is what they're doing, this is a step in the right direction as far as content goes. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little worried. It's like more same Marvel formula. They still switched it out. They're still keeping it fresh. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Any last thoughts uh, on the Tomb Buster before we depart? Just, I, I, I just really hope that we get to see more from these characters. Hopefully soon, and you know, maybe, I mean, you know, maybe you know, throw in a few other friends. You know, along the way, it would be kind of nice. I was expecting you know, him to actually do that, like think he was talking to some certain people. But I think they're going to do that with another show called Secret Invasion, and they're going to throw some friends in. That's what I think they're going to do now, since they didn't do it with Moon Knight. Oh, that's very possible. Yeah, I like fully at, the, at this point. Like at this point, I'm I'm just like I'm here for the ride. You know, I don't know what they're going to do, mm-hmm. and like how they're going to put pieces together. So I'm. As long as they still make them as good as they do, I'm here for the ride. It'll be kind of funny in Secret Invasion. For those who don't know, Secret Invasion is about, uh, if they change it or not, a sect of scrolls that become superheroes. And they eventually, they're like sleeper agents. But at some point, they don't even know that they're scrolls. They forget. It would be funny if Moon Knight was there. It's like, are you a scroll? I don't even know what I am. <laughs> it's just like, he doesn't even know. He, <laughs> it's like, I have a god in my head and and two, three other people. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you sure he's not a scroll? I'm sure I'm not. You know, just I would love to see some kind of throw to that. But anyway, I'm just glad they finally made Moon Knight. They teased him even way back in Winter Soldier when they said a man in Cairo. I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, oh man. And I, oh wow. Yeah. There's like when he says when they say they're watching people, they say a man in Cairo, a boy in Oklahoma, Stephen Strange. They finally brought it forward, you know. I was like, I've been waiting, man. I've been waiting, and I think, Jesus, oh, that wait. That's such a long fucking throwaway, dude. Right, but we didn't, you know. I was like, if they ever get to it, it's a nice little Easter egg. But now it connects. Damn, right? It's like the, those damn dice in Star Wars. <laughs> didn't expect them to come back. <laughs> Here we are, fucking Kylo Ren holding those dice. All right, yeah. People want to reach out and find us. Where could they find us if they want to talk to us about Moon Knight, the best Marvel show of 2022? Well, Joel, if people want to, you know, ask us about Moon Knight or anything else or tell us how bad our takes are, they could send us an email at unitedwenerdcast at gmail.com. Again, that is unitedwenerdcast at gmail.com. Also, you could send us a tweet or a message on Twitter at united underscore we nerd as well and let's not forget if you're listening to this on youtube please 
leave a comment down below telling us how you thought about uh, Moon Knight, and you could tell how bad our takes are as well. But, of course, you could do that also by pleasing the YouTube lords by liking and subscribing if you haven't already. If Khonshu, hit like and subscribe. You want free us from the moon <laughs> from the pain of the gods. Like and subscribe. That's a deal we made. Yes. So Joel, I know that we've seen it, but should we should we give a taste on on the next review? Brian, where can they find you first? Oh, Oh, you keep a secret. I see. I see what you're doing. I'll, I'll do a little throwaway at the end. How about that? How about that? <laughs> okay. Well, of course, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brian Saber, and that's a Saber with the R E. Um, I, I'm also on Twitch as well. Same Brian Saber, um, doing the fun wrestle bets. You can come hang out. We can watch some funny uh, WWE 2K22 uh, wrestling, and we can have channel bets. On the Twitch, it's a lot of fun. Come and join the fun with us. It'll be cool. Hell yeah! And of course, Joel, where could people find you? Find me on Spotify and SoundCloud under Mad Mech Monster Mind. Also, Twitch.tv/slash Acoustic Avenger. I don't know why I said it like that. Also, I'm on Twitter, <laughs> Acoustic Avenger. The one is replacing the I. Also, you can just you know respond to United We Nerd Twitter. That works too. Totally fine with that. I interact with it all the time. You'll probably find us there. All right. As you were saying, yes, we did see Multiverse of Madness on Friday, the, the weekend it came out. And I think there's a lot we're going to have to say about it. <laughs> good. Oh, yeah. Not so good. I won't say bad. Not so good. Some parts were a little, I think, could be made better. Um, but a fun ride, I think so. Um, I think I need to watch it again. It's, it's, it's still sitting with me. Like, there's some things I think I, I need to view. I think I think this is going to be our most interesting review conversation yet. Yeah. I can already predict. Yeah. Just, and I, I Marcelo's very busy. Um, I wanted to be there, but he did give us the blessing. He's stuck in the mirror dimension, he says. So, well, I can't wait to see, hear what he <laughs> says when we get to him, if he's there. But if not, we're definitely going to, we're going to go into this. We might bring a friend or two. Um, there were some, or some big, great moments. There's also some weird moments, and also a really hot theater. But anyway, thanks for listening to our review of Moon Knight. Anything you want to say before we go about that movie, though, Brian? You must find the book, Book of Ashanti. All right, get us out of here. Get us out of here.